Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. So there is a couple of things that I wanted to talk about in this episode, and I hope my brain works because it's been quite a long week for me, and I've been pretty exhausted and kind of scatterbrained. But that comes with the territory of brain fog and all the other crap that I get to deal with on a daily basis. But um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, uh, I made a video on TikTok saying, you know, the people that say we need to expose everything. And I wanted to address that. And I thought of this analogy, and I'm sure some people are going to think it's kind of silly, and maybe it is, but it's just like the only way that I can kind of think to explain the situation. So first, when people are demanding to us survivors that are sharing our story, that we need to share all of the details, everything they want to know, and that that's the only way that's going to bring an end, it's completely unfair to us survivors. And it is completely unfair to a lot of things because the God's honest truth is that's not what is going to end trafficking. I try to keep a very kid-friendly account on TikTok, and I never really get into the really hard details for many reasons, one of which a lot of things I don't want to talk about. I don't want to say out loud because it's just, it's so horrible. And I get enough backlash just sharing the small details. If I went into the really gruesome ones, they would not be received well. But I think there's a disconnect among people. And they don't realize that us survivors, when we are sharing our story, are sharing a very real trauma that we experienced. And we are reliving that trauma after we record, when we record, when we talk about it, doing speaking engagements, and we like doing it for the awareness side of it. But when we're pressured to give more details, it takes a toll. And here comes the analogy. So imagine you bought a step stool from Ikea. And you got up on that step stool and were changing a light bulb and there was something faulty about it. And the step stool broke from underneath of you and you fell and broke your ankle. And you wanted to kind of put it out there and make a tweet or a social media post, TikTok video to let people know, hey, Be careful with this step stool because this little piece breaks very easily and you could fall and break your ankle just like I did. So you put that out there, you get some good feedback, but you get that one person that says, I'm not understanding. How is it the step stool's fault? What exactly happened to cause the to break? So you explain it and they still don't get it and ask you, to get back up on that step stool and show exactly how it breaks again. And you do that 
and you fall with your already broken ankle and you hurt it more. And then you have to continuously do that for other people because they didn't see it right. So you keep getting up on that step stool and you keep on falling and you keep on re-injuring your broken ankle to the point where you now have no function in that ankle anymore. And I know, like I said, it's a little silly of an analogy, but it's how I feel. And I'm sure a lot of other survivors feel the same. Each of us has our own comfort level of how much or how little of our stories we want to share. And we have that comfort level for a reason. We have boundaries, healthy boundaries to keep us okay and to keep us able to continue sharing. So if someone is consistently hounding for details and the person is the survivor is trying to say, hey, I don't feel comfortable sharing that kind of detail, you essentially are re-traumatizing that person and asking them to re-traumatize themselves. And some will do it, some won't. But for me and my personal experience, if I continue to keep doing that, it is going to heavily affect my mental health and could result in a break, a psychotic break, or just complete depression from reliving my past so much just to please others. And those details, like I said, they aren't the important part of how we're going to end sex trafficking. With my platform here and on TikTok, I share a lot of tips on things to look for. I share a lot of resources. I have hooked people up with organizations to volunteer with them. I've met with campaigns, specifically the Carrie Lake governor campaign, just to talk about the life and what happens after the escape and things that we need. And that's what's going to make the biggest difference. Knowing every single gruesome detail of what I went through is not important and it's not going to change. And the coolest thing meeting with the Carrie Lake campaign, and I don't live in Arizona, I don't know her, a friend of mine got me on the Zoom meeting, but the coolest thing about it was they didn't ask our stories They didn't ask what happened. They didn't ask any of that stuff. They said, what of of you as survivors, what can we do for you now and for the future? And that was the most amazing feeling in the world because that's one thing I barely get asked on TikTok is what do you need now? What do you need today? What can we do to make the future for survivors better? What can we do to change laws or change things so we can kind of prevent this crime or make it so these offenders get a harsher punishment? And that's essentially how we're going to end sex trafficking. I understand people are curious. Believe me, I understand it. 
but it's not fair to put so much on survivors' shoulders. And it certainly isn't fair to try to push them to say more than they're comfortable to sharing. And for all of those that left nasty comments saying, if I don't want to share everything, then I should make my TikTok account private. Yeah, you can go fuck off with that. Because again, I was controlled for most of my life. And I was more importantly silenced. I'm not going to have complete strangers try to silence me because I'm not satisfying what they want. And most of the time, these are fake accounts that have absolutely no following and no content. So the other thing that I have to think about and that is always constantly on my mind is, is this person a trafficker? Is this person a predator? Because believe me, they are on that app and they are interacting with us survivors. Maybe they're having trouble controlling the girls or boys or whomever they have in their house or whomever they're trafficking. And they want to ask what seems to be an innocent question to a survivor. But in reality, it's to gather information to see, well, this woman here stayed 26 years. How did they get her to do that? Obviously, I can learn a lot about it. So that's why I don't answer those questions. And I think we could go a long way in the fight to end trafficking if people would trust survivors. I've noticed that There are a lot of us that are sharing our stories and everyone does it in their own way. And that is absolutely fine. I support anyone's decision that shares names, details of things that they want to share because it's their story and they have the right to share it however they want. They also support my decision in not doing those things. So In the future, if you're on social media or you come across a podcast or if you come across a blog of a sex trafficking survivor and you're finding in yourself that you're not getting the answers to questions that you have, think about the survivor. Think about the fact that this is a trauma. This was a life they lived for however many years And they are going back to that absolutely horrible, horrific place just to share their story, to spread awareness, because we want people to get educated. We want them to know about it, but we don't want everyone to know every single detail, especially the ones that are irrelevant. And... (sighs) And the ones that, honestly, it's too hard to talk about because there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt, survivor's guilt, too. And it's hard to work through that. So we share at our own pace. And that's just how it has to be. And I just think that the more people see that and hear that and accept that, um you know, and trust a survivor is doing everything that's in their power to do, then the easier it's going to be for some people to come forward. 
Like I've said probably a thousand times before, and I'll have to say a thousand times again, there are a lot of survivors that listen here on my podcast and that are on my TikTok and other social media accounts that are terrified to tell their stories. And that was me for a long time. And I can't imagine how they feel seeing the comments where people are saying, hey, I know you're sharing, but you're not sharing enough. And if you don't like it, then make your account private because I'm going to continue to harass you to share more. So think about that. You don't know who's watching my videos. You don't know who's listening to my podcast. And I'm trying to keep everyone safe and make both places a safe space for survivors and victims. Because in the end, they are the ones that come first. Their mental health, everything is what is most important. So just some food for thought. So another topic that I want to talk about is this insane BB and Bebop drama and all of the stuff that's happening with it. Um, It seems like there's a lot of drama surrounding it. So first I want to address that there have been multiple reports made about this account and nothing has happened. So it's a little bit different from what happened to me. I was trafficked before social media, but this account is blasted everywhere. If something was there, I would hope that something would have been done by now. And I think what the major problem is, there actually is not evidence of sex trafficking. I do not see where people see that link. And it's, from what I'm gathering, mainly gathered around theories that armchair detectives are putting together. I don't agree with the accounts. I don't agree with parents using their children on social media to get attention because again like I've said you don't know who's watching predators are watching pedophiles all those kinds of people could potentially be watching and who would want to give that kind of footage to those types of people I don't understand why anyone would it is child exploitation and there needs to be something done about it. And um, I was having a conversation with my husband about Macaulay Culkin. And his parents were taking all the money that he was making. Kind of can't remember all of the details, but something was put into place. So at least half of what he was earning as a child actor was put into some kind of trust fund. And I believe that's the case for a lot of child actors these days. At least it was when everything was going on with him. So when you take a look at not just Bebop and BB, but all the other cases where parents are using their children to get a lot of views and on their heavily monetized TikTok, YouTube, whatever accounts, We need a law in place that protects those kids because right now there isn't one. Child exploitation 
in the way that the laws are written don't exactly apply to this type of situation. So it's more productive to write your legislators, write your Congress in, you know, D.C., and write as many people as you can so that way we can get laws changed so that way these kinds of accounts cannot exist. Repeatedly reporting an account and wasting uh, police and resources that other victims need and can't get a hold of is so counterproductive because it hurts a lot of other victims. So in cases like this, it sucks. And I know that you feel helpless when you file a report because you're never given any information or updates, which honestly is how it's done. It's happened to me a ton of times, but um, it's frustrating. But calling over and over and over again, back to back for hours on end, you're never going to force an arrest if there isn't a law that is being broken. All you're going to do, like I said, is waste resources that are needed elsewhere. So a better approach to that kind of situation would be to start writing letters and not writing letters to the Rolling Stones magazine because of their reporting, but writing letters to the people that have the power to change the laws and prevent these kinds of situations and these kinds of accounts from existing. I know that's what I've been doing. It's a lot of work and you spend a lot of time behind your computer screen and it's exhausting, but it's what needs to be done. And if people used their platforms for that, instead of using their platforms to just further the exploitation of a victim, then we could all make a difference together. I, I feel really bad for this little girl because I th imagine that she's going to grow up and want to go look at these videos that she remembers making with her mother and she's going to see all these crazy theories that people are talking about and see videos where people are saying that she's different people and that it wasn't her mother. And I know for me that I got asked so many times if my parents were my biological parents that I actually began to question it because so many people were saying things and it made sense that I actually had to do DNA testing to confirm for myself it was something that was always in the back of my mind, but imagine a child having to deal with that, and it could be in two years, it could be in five years, it could be in 10 years, but we don't want to ruin the victim's life. We want to put the victim first and do what is so important for that victim and protect them. We cannot change their past, but we can create a path to a better future so they don't have to live with the trauma as much unless, you know, they choose to share their story. I mean, even with the Sophie Long case, that went on for so long. It was excruciating. 
it got to the point where I just couldn't even watch people talk about it. And here we are a year or so later, and the father has been charged with aggravated kidnapping and has had his parental rights terminated. And I just keep thinking, how much money did he use from that GoFundMe to assist him in essentially kidnapping his own daughter? And nobody's talking about the case now. Now that the truth is starting to unfold, no one has been for quite some time. Um, I know a few people that are still following it, but very little. And those people that were following it always thought there was something fishy about the father. I don't think we'll ever get the truth in that case because it got so wild and it got so crazy on social media that everybody wanted their piece of that story for their little bit of clout. And it's a shame because, like I said, with the Bebop and BB situation, she is going to grow up and she's always going to be that girl. And I cannot imagine the damage that is going to happen knowing that the entire internet assisted her kidnapper. Oh, honestly, it gives me chills and oh, it makes my chest tight just talking about it. So... I know true crime cases and all of those things are very popular. I get caught up in some of them. I prefer cold cases about serial killers, but it's just people need to start understanding how their actions can affect the victim's futures. And it's not just with true crime, it's with what I talked about in the beginning of the episode with people sharing their stories, share whether it's sharing their story of surviving a cult or surviving sex trafficking or even just surviving domestic violence or early, um, I'm sorry, childhood brides. I mean, there's so many of us out there that are sharing because we want to make a difference and we don't want people to go through what we went through. I had been gone for seven years. I was 33 years old when I found out the name of the trauma I had survived. And that's when a lot of memories started coming in for me. And I had some good people in my life to support me. But I can't imagine how it would have been if I didn't have the supportive system that I have. And I can't imagine what it would have been like as a child to have had to be trafficked in the world of social media where I probably would have had a presence on social media because, I mean... The child pornography haunts me. Um, the non-consensual porn haunts a lot of other victims that I know that were adults at the time. And we've got to understand that just because it's not that kind of picture or video that's being spread around the internet doesn't mean it isn't going to be as damaging to that child for the rest of their life. So again, guys, we've got to keep in mind that 
with this anti-trafficking movement, we have to put victims first. Even when it comes to Epstein and Maxwell, I can't even, like, I'm so tired of it. I am so tired of people on social media just exploiting the victims of them whenever it benefits them. It's like, okay, this person got arrested, but yet nobody from Epstein has gotten arrested. Like, just stop. Just stop. Victims are not coming out and screaming the names. They're not coming out and demanding that they be exposed. And you have to trust us. You have to trust them and you have to understand that our trauma is not for you to use for clout or anything like that. It's a very sensitive topic and it's very hard to share. And there's so much that goes into it. And I'm sure a lot of people that have been with me from the beginning can see I used to be very consistent on TikTok and here on my podcast. But now I take a lot longer breaks in between episodes and making videos because it does get to be too much. And it's it just sits and haunts me sometimes. And I'm okay with it as long as the benefit outweighs the danger and all the other crap that goes along with it. And most days it does. But it's not fair that it isn't my traffickers. It isn't the flashbacks. It isn't the nightmares that makes it the hardest to share. It's the people that lack boundaries, lack empathy, and lack just common sense on what's okay and what's not okay to ask a survivor. I can't even tell you how many times people have said that to me. Like, I'm just not sure what's okay and what's not okay to ask. Like, how are you confused on what's okay and what's not okay to ask a human being? I am still a person. I'm a person with a lot of feelings, a lot of drive, a very loud voice that will not be silenced. And just because I am getting intimate and sharing certain details, it doesn't make me less than anybody else. So if you want to ask a complete stranger a question, it's probably not a good idea to ask me. I don't mind people asking questions. But think about, think about if it's appropriate or not and try to use, like, like I said, common sense, empathy and everything. Like if it happened to you, would you want to answer all of those questions? Would you want to answer how you were expected to act during sales? Would you want to answer if you had contracted any STDs and think about those things, how would you feel suffering an immense amount of trauma for the majority of your life? And then people asking questions like that to you, I can guarantee if the positions were switched, you would not want that. So don't do it to other survivors because what it does is it makes them shut down and it causes them to not want to share anymore. And we, the entire survivor community, 
are a very important part in ending sex trafficking. And we don't have to answer those questions for you to understand what sex trafficking is. And to the people that think, hey, I read an article or I looked on the Department of Homeland Security and read a definition so I know all there is to know about trafficking and I can't believe anyone else is talking about it. First off, everyone is talking about it. And just because you read that definition doesn't mean you know more than the people that actually went through it. And the more that you continue to say things like that on your platform, trust me, the more you're going to lose people and the more you're going to hurt victims. Because if you're talking about it, victims are going to come into your lives. They're going to go on to your videos and follow you and feel like, hey, this is someone that understands So you have to learn how to support them. And if you don't, you should probably not be using your platform for something like that. And I'm not saying you can't. I'm not the one to tell someone what they can or cannot do. But if you want to create that space for victims and survivors, then make sure you are fully educated. And if other survivors are telling you, hey, you're kind of going about this in a way that's not beneficial to victims and survivors, trust them and listen to them. They're not trying to attack you. They're not bullying you. They're not trying to put you down. They're trying to assist you into creating a platform and a safe space so you can actually make the difference that you are trying to make. So, I'm going to leave it there for today because I am exhausted and um, I just hope that this kind of helps people understand a little bit about us who are sharing and hopefully this sex anti-sex trafficking movement and all the toxicity that's within it can kind of start to dissipate so we can actually make a difference and we can hopefully end sex trafficking. I don't think it's ever going to end for good, but we can put enough of a dent in it that it's more rare than it is now because it's just too common and it has to be done in a certain way. And making a TikTok video about some rumor that you heard from your cousin's best friends, boyfriends, sisters, social media posts, and getting 15 million views on it, slapping a hashtag on it, that's not doing much to fight trafficking, especially when it's something that has been wildly proven to be false. So let's get together and work together. I know all survivors that I am personally friends with feel the exact same way. And we're all trying to start organizations or doing things like me and doing a podcast and using my TikTok platform to spread awareness. And it's because we want to put an end to this and we want people to get aware. But you also have to understand that we're going to do that at our own pace and we deserve that so i want to thank y'all for all the continued love and support it means more than you could ever know
And I hope y'all have a wonderful Halloween and an amazing November. And I will talk with y'all soon. Have a good one.